Hello, dear listeners. Before we begin, I just wanted to give out a quick thank you to our friend Eric Skull, who was so kind to help me this week to fix up the audio from our guest and making it sound at least a little bit better than it initially was. So I hope you enjoy this episode either way, despite the still audible difficulties. And thank you, Eric. That's it. Have fun. Welcome to Puffcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode apparently 422 on October 27, 2021. (laughs) This is of course episode 42. This is a great start. I am Melanie. And I'm Juliana. And this week we have a very special and magical guest, our friend Eric. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hello, Eric. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. I'm so glad to be here and so excited. We're so happy to have you. (laughs) Yeah, we're very excited to hear all about fairies because Mel and I, we like mystical, magical things, but neither of us have a vast knowledge on them. And you definitely are the expert within all the people that we know. (laughs) I don't know if expert would be the right word, but thank you. I have a huge love for them and have my entire life. So if that's what you call an expert, sure. But I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think before we get started, let's get your fandom ID. So if you want to give us your pronouns, your house, your Patronus, your wand, and then your favorite food that's not pizza, we would love that. Okay. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I am an ex-Slytherin. My Patronus is a stupid dolphin. (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. A dolphin? I didn't like that I got a dolphin. Mel didn't like that she got a dolphin either. My Patronus is a dolphin too, and I was not happy in the beginning either. Yeah, no, mm-mm. that was not exactly what I was expecting to um, have as my Patronus to like fight off. Like I just, I can't imagine a dolphin. Okay. What would you pick for yourself? Yeah, what would you want instead? No one's ever asked me that before. Ah. Well, here we are asking, <laughs> That's asking what we are the hot for. questions. <laughs> I think, well, I'm a huge dog lover. I'd probably go for, oh my gosh, my son would love me for this too. I'm actually going to go on um, a Siberian Husky, which is like on the verge of a wolf slash dog. Um, And yeah, that is exactly what I would pick. It's very interesting to see because I always thought I would have a wolf or fox, something like that. And then I got the dolphin. Maybe we are both on the same like... Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I was upset that that was thrown in there. Like, I went through it, like, even in my head. Because I'm one of those people also, like, I won't take a test over and over again to get the answer that I want. Like, I just, I hate that stuff. I'm like, no, you're playing with the game. You can't mess that up. So, like, I got dolphin, I'm dolphin. But still, why do they put that in there? Many of these animals have a certain meaning behind them in mythology and so on. So if you read up on those, you might find why you got the dolphin. For me, it was in the beginning also like, ha, ah, no, that can't be. But after a while, I was thinking, okay, I think it kind of suits me because 
for example, they are very playful, they are very kind and very social. And water has always been something that has calmed me down very easily. So it kind of makes sense for me to have it. I don't know if you see yourself in some way in that. Absolutely. I am an earth sign, but I've always, like, I mean, water is just, I've always had a huge connection to the water more than, I love all of it, but water is like, oh my gosh, I I love water. So I can understand that. I think my problem is, and maybe I'm a little bit older than you guys who remember this, but um, a show called Flipper. Yes. How old are you? Oh, okay. Well, no, I'm not going to say that on the age. A lady never tells. (laughs) Because I think I might actually be older. Mel actually might be older than you. All right, but maybe we should move on then. So what was your want? I remember the main things. I remember it had a unicorn hair in it, um, Mm. but that was about it. My favorite food, which would have not been pizza if I were to pick it anyways, because pizza is not my favorite. I like pizza, but there's so much other great food out there in the world. My absolute favorite, I love Thai food. So there's this um, salad. It's called Larb Gai or Lub Gai, and it's a chicken salad. It's... um. So if you imagine the Americanized version of chicken salad, which is like mayonnaise and fat and all this stuff on a plate. Okay, well, the Thai, this is their version of chicken salad. So it's finely like diced and cut up pieces of chicken, except they use oils and spices Mm. to flavor it. The only fat you find in it is literally from the oils that they use. So it's not this like really heavy, but it's delicious. It's got like cilantro and Thai basil. If you haven't ever tried Thai basil, it is incredible. It's, it's, oh my God, it's so good. It's very different from like Italian basil. It's, it's just got this different flavor, but it's a very earthy. I love it. I will continuously probably get that for the rest of my life when I go to a Thai restaurant. (laughs) I did look it up because I was very curious and it looked very good. If there is a vegan version of that, I have to figure that out. So I would love to then try that because it looked really good. All the restaurants I've always gone to always make one with tofu. Always. So you should try it. Um, I understand. But yeah, get the tofu version. I hear it's delicious. So yum. <laughs> now, Eric, do you want to just briefly tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay. So should I talk about my ex-Slytherin thing first? If just you want to. If you want to. You okay. Want to, you I just feel like since I said that and I'm on a Harry Potter podcast, it might be important to explain why I said that. Um, yeah. I love all of you listeners, I think, in the Harry Potter fandom, I love and adore with all my heart. I will never, ever have anything against the fandom. Unfortunately, when the trans issue came out, I didn't know much about the author and trans issues at all. Apparently, like, there had been all these tweets that I and people had been reading into them and saying, oh, we'd known this mm-hmm. for a while. I had no clue about that. thing that got me was when I read the essay that she published on her website i read that with open heart and open eyes and hoping that like okay i'm this is going to be something that i'm going to get something from and you know she's going to explain it she's going to make sense of why she said it and she's not this way but all it did was um unfortunately leave me heartbroken that is an essay that is full of hatred and it is full of not facts and that is my problem and when you have such a big audience as we do and such young readers as we do too that are learning Mm -hmm. it took me a very long time i wrestled with it it broke my heart as much as it did for everybody else but i love all of you guys we all have our own rights to think about this and however it makes us feel i will always love the fandom unfortunately that um took me away from the fandom um, took me away from just being, as I now call myself, an ex-Slytherin. I'm no longer a part of it. 
Yeah, I know Mel and I were pretty shook by that too. And we actually, Mm -hmm. we know a lot of people too who have had to separate themselves from not only the author, but the fandom, just take a few steps back and decide how they're going to proceed. I know Mel and I have made made it known on this podcast too that we do not stand behind JKR as an author. Uh, We stand behind the community, like you said, that has formed around the books because the community itself is not transphobic and they're very accepting. Yeah. It was heartbreaking, but we, as you said, we all take a step back and we find our footing. And I think what was the final reasoning that I do have friends that are trans and Mm -hmm. I put myself in their shoes, I know that they wouldn't automatically think, oh, Eric is transphobic, but I want people to feel love consistently when they see me, when they, I I feel like that's the way friendships and everything needs to be. So I never want to have anything that would upset anybody. Yeah. Well, I think for all of us, it's been a journey, just kind of finding out where we want to place ourselves within this new version of the fandom. I think that a lot of the people who have taken a step back and are kind of coming back to the fandom itself, they're not coming back to her, but they're coming back to the people who make up the group that is the fandom that is very accepting. And I think that's great. And as long as you guys keep pushing that, I think that'll be great. And maybe one day I'll be back. It's important to talk about that as well. And if that is your reasoning, then that is very, very valid. And thank you for sharing that with us. That is not an easy thing to share, especially coming on to a Harry Potter podcast. That was my first question. I was like, ah, you want me on there? Are you sure? Yes, we do. um, But thank you for letting me share it. And I do think it's an important message. This is a fandom that is full of love and acceptance out of anything. I don't find hatred in any of this fandom whatsoever. So it's important for us to talk about it, not ignore it, and discuss it and figure out how to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is why we are doing the podcast because we want to keep a place where people can come to to just chill and be happy and have fun and still enjoy this together and make it what we want it to be, you know. Yeah. We can take these stories and keep them as we want them to be and mm-hmm. what they mean to us and just yeah. So awesome. That makes me so happy to know that that you guys can do that and that there's a group that can do that i'm i hope to one day be there well we'll be here waiting for you yeah you know we're not going anywhere we are here and and waiting to hug you back in so oh thank you (laughs) sweet okay well would you like to tell us about your other fandom stuff pretty much (laughs) your your main fandom right now Eric? yeah what else are you up to Another fandom that I've been obsessed with, just it hasn't been as big. It now has gotten bigger, um, called the Grishaverse. So I am a host of GrishaCast, which is a weekly journey into everything Grishaverse, which is me and my best friend. It started out of nowhere. I really had no clue what I was doing. And if you listen from the beginning, you will hear that. A couple books in, it gets better. But yeah, it's a fantastic podcast. We are very blessed and lucky to be where we are luckily and i think it's actually it's luck and timing have Mm -hmm. already been able to interview lee bardugo which was an incredible feat of mine because that was something that was on my bucket list so so you can die a happy man now then (laughs) yeah Uh, so we've interviewed lee and that was incredible um we've got other lgbtqia plus authors coming on we just got done interviewing aiden thomas it's kind of like your podcast it's fun and games and it's a place where like a fandom 
to can come together and discuss and we actually are now on youtube if you want to see some of the really weird shenanigans it's a fantastic place it's brought a lot of light and hope in for me during this hard time of covid but it's just along the lines with puffcast you know it's a great place for anybody that wants to have fun and joke around and not take things so serious take a load off your shoulders the world can get very stressful out there so let's have some fun Do, 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 do. News. Ah. Hello. And welcome to the anytime of the day news because I don't know what time you're listening to this podcast. It could be 2 a.m., it could be 2 p.m., it could be 4 a.m., it could be 10 in the morning. I don't know. You choose, listeners. That's what this podcast is about. It's about being part of our community at any point in the day. Not really, but that's okay. So, welcome to the news. We have a few items on the news docket this week. The first of which is that I was just a recent guest on the podcast called Friends in Your Ears, which is a podcast about podcasters talking about their favorite podcast and their own podcast. <laughs> um, it's kind of a blind date style podcast where I was set up by the host with another podcaster and we talked to each other and we talked to the host about podcasting, essentially. It was just a fun time. Head over to Friends in Your Ears on all places where pods are cast. And I think that soon there is not one podcast left where you haven't been on unless it's like in Japanese or something because I... I'm working my way. It, soon people everywhere will know my name. And <laughs> yes, I think so too. I will still be doing everything for free, but that's okay. I will have fame, Mel. <laughs> It's funny, too, because yesterday I just did another appearance on All the Good Dogs, and we talked yeah. about Lady and the Tramp 2, uh-huh. a movie that I've watched way too many times as a child in mm-hmm. actuality. Yeah. Oh, you've seen that? Yeah, yeah. It's called Susie und Strolch in German. Susie und Strolch. Susie und Strolch. Susie und Strolch. Strolch. <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So listeners, look forward to more guest spots coming your way from myself and possibly Mel. <laughs> That's that. What is our next docket news thingy item thing, Mel? Yeah, I know how to use words. Speaking of guesting on other podcasts, I just wanted to remind you guys that our Spooch fanfic episode that was written by Jeff Yes. That we had on the Care of Magical Shippers podcast is now out since two days. So go over there and listen to that because that was really fun. And it was, it was a good spooch fan fiction. It was really cute. Yeah. We have been reading it to the guys, Megs and Nathan. Just give them some love from us. Yeah. We love them. We loved having them on the last episode. And mm. also, if you're a fan of spooch and Mel's amazing cosplay, <laughs> I think that you're going to love this. So, so much. Yeah. So our next piece of news on the docket is that Harry Potter, a Forbidden Forest experience, is going to be open to the public very soon, if not already when this podcast comes out. But up until now, we actually haven't seen anything of what it looks like. There was nothing even on their social channels. And they actually had an influencer preview that they did. 
And it looks really cool if you go onto Instagram and you use the location tag for Harry Potter and the Forbidden Forest experience. There are actually pictures that people have taken there now, which is exciting. And it's something that it looks like you do at night. And it's got these really cool kind of animatronic statues and everything. It just looks like a fun thing to do. And if I lived close enough, I definitely would be going there. Unfortunately, I live across the ocean, so I definitely will not be going there. (laughs) Uh, So it looks to me like it's actually outside. Uh-huh. Yep. It's it's on a... Uh, it's not a reservation. It's kind of like a preserved area mm-hmm. that I believe has a historic building on it as well. So oh, it's... okay. It's an area that has exhibitions that come through it and get set up there on a regular basis. Yeah. And so this is one of the ones that... It's not there permanently. Yeah. So it does look really beautiful. Yeah. In the Warner Brothers studio too in London, they do have a forbidden forest area where you walk through and there are Mm -hmm. like interactive things happening, like the spiders are coming down and um, it's very short though. So this is probably like a much bigger scale and much more things maybe happening. Yeah. I would love to to see that. It looks really pretty. I guess at the end of this tour, and close your ears if you don't want to hear this, people, there is a... It's not a traditional screen for movies, but it's kind of like a light screen that you can see through and see behind. They have lights and stuff that show up on it, but they do the Dementors coming down because they have it positioned over a pond. And so the Dementors come down and then the Patronus thing happens that Harry does. (gasps) And you can see the deer and the Patronus kind of radiating out of it. It looks exactly like the deer and the Dementors are on the lake because when this happens, it's dark out and you can't see the screen. Yeah. It just looks like you're present for a a scene in the movie and it's really cool from what I saw. Ah, now I really want to (laughs) go. You gotta go, Mel. Ah. Oh well, um, yeah. So if you're if you're able to go and check it out, do so. Let us know how you liked it. Yeah, share some pictures with us. So that would be very exciting. You know, all the cool stuff is always happening far away from me usually. So I'm jealous of the whole world basically <laughs> all the time. Um, but you guys have fun. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> Okay, so our next bit of news is that James Phelps, one of the... Does he play George or Fred? I can't remember. I don't remember either. I always forget, and that's yeah, so me terrible. Too. <laughs> one of the Weasley twins One of the Weasley twins. <laughs> ...has teamed up to become a part of the company Beautiful Tea Brand, and they're an organic tea brand. They also donate one penny from every tea bag goes going toward mental health charities. From what I saw of this tea brand, it's very much so just they promote mental health, well-being, going to counseling, things like that. And these teas are supposed to help you out. And James is helping out with these, which I think is really exciting. I know, Mel, you love tea and we're both big proponents of like being your best mental health advocate and things like that. I was just thinking that sounds like the perfect combination. So yeah, let's check that out and maybe order some and help support others with this tea just sounded like something that was like, yeah, this is exactly what Mel and I would want. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless if James Phelps was involved with it or not, this is just something that came upon me because I was looking for news in the Harry Potter fandom, things that had happened, making sure I didn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. And I saw this and I was like, yeah, that's actually kind of something that Mel and I would want to try anyway. People go out and try the beautiful tea brand teas and let us know how they are. We might be ordering some of these as well Mm -hmm. and go make sure you take care of your own mental health as well. 
And then we have one more item, Mel, and what is that? So we have talked about this before, but now it is official that Ivana Lynch's book, The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting, The Tragedy and Glory of Growing Up, has now come out. And Mm -hmm. it's been since the 14th of October in the UK and globally it came out now on October 19th. So by the time this episode comes out, it has already happened. So go and grab a book and uh, read it. I will definitely get one of them and will happily get comfortable now that it's it's getting colder, just cozying up under a warm blanket with a big cup of tea and then reading this book. I'm actually looking forward to that. Yeah, our friend Allie and our other friends over at Portego Cast, they actually just had Ivana Lynch on to talk about this book. They did. Yeah, if you'd like to go hear about the book from one of our past guests and our friend Allie, along with the author, Ivana, go ahead and check out that episode of Portego Cast. We definitely recommend it. Yes. Okay, so that's all we have for the new segment so from there we are jumping into feedback now and here Mm -hmm. we have a couple of different items one was just a comment that i had to include here because (laughs) it is about our halloween episode that we had we got a response from jeff saying this episode is smashing (laughs) and he very much loved the care of magical shippers podcast as well he seems to have checked it out and very much enjoyed it and that comment was just perfect because if you don't get it go and listen to it yeah go smash your face with that episode (laughs) it will make perfect sense once you have listened to that (laughs) yeah I love it. So, and then from that episode, we also had Buttercup's question of the week, which was, if Harry was a Slytherin under Lucius's wing, do you think Draco would turn to Voldemort in his desperation and anger to willingly become the next generation of Death Eaters? Dun, 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 dun. So we are saying it was Buttercup's question, but actually it was Juliana's question. (laughs) Yeah, it was my question. She adopted the question. So our friends from Care of Magical Shippers were just shouting out, Never! Not my boy! No! (laughs) I think they don't want to see that happen, so they're worried about Draco. (laughs) Yeah, they're worried for his well-being. We definitely established that he would be jealous of Harry and all the attention that Harry would get. Okay, and then we had one more response from our friend Kaylee, and she said, I don't think Draco would go to Voldemort because I think Lucius would still be in contact with the other Death Eaters and be trying to get in Harry's good graces and probably get Harry to work with Voldemort. So if anything, I think Draco may move more towards the order to stop Harry slash Voldemort slash his father. I think that's a good point. I think that's a really interesting idea that he would go in the complete opposite direction and join the good guys. I think it would depend if, like, where Harry's head was. If he was fully on board with everything Lucius was saying Mm -hmm. and actually was invested in working with Voldemort and being a Death Eater and following Lucius's wishes, trying to impress him that way and was, like, fully gung-ho about things, I could definitely see Draco going in the opposite direction. But I think that if Harry was kind of hesitant in any way and Draco felt that he could sneak his way in and be better than Harry on that side of things, I feel like Draco would head towards the Voldemort side but that's just my two and a half cents for you right there yeah it's it's difficult for me to say because we can see both sides in Draco he very much grew up with the idea that Voldemort's ideals are the one that you should follow and the Mm. Death Eater life basically is your life that you grew up with yo ho ho the Death Eater life for me (laughs) 
That's what they sing every day, you know. When they wake up in the morning, they just yeah. they roll out of bed, they stretch. Yo, ho, ho, death in a life for me. <laughs> yep, that's that's how they start their day. But then we also, later when he's really pressed by Voldemort to kill Dumbledore, we can tell that, no, he really doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to take a life. And he's just trying yeah. to save his own life and his family's life by very badly attempting what he's forced to do. Yeah. You can see this really hard struggle that he has, so... Yeah, I, I could see both directions kind of happening. Mm. I'm not sure if he would really sneak into the order, but... Uh, this is a question that listeners, if you'd like to give us more explanations... <laughs> I'm looking at you, Andre. <laughs> this will be a never-ending cycle of questions. Yes, we can save this for one of our... Whenever we do a what-if episode again. <laughs> yeah, we, which we will definitely do again. Yes. Okay. I think with that, we have gone through all our news and feedback for this episode, yeah. right? Or is there anything else left that you want to add? No, I think I just want to say, listeners, get ready for some fairies. And we will see you in a minute. Magical noises here. So... For our main discussion this week, we have Eric here with us, and he is going to be teaching us all about fairies. I know almost nothing. I know some. <laughs> I, Mel has some knowledge, and we're just very excited to hear about your history with fairies, Eric, and everything that you would like to tell us about them. So if you want to just start us off with kind of how you found the fairies, that would be a fantastic way to start. Okay, so once upon a time... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, there was a little boy. <laughs> but that's actually really where it started. It was fairy tales. I have always loved fairy tales. The first Disney movie that I saw was Sleeping Beauty. I will always have a huge connection to that movie. It meant a lot. It was beautiful. I got to see fairies for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that also intrigued me because then I started to have a little fascination with villains and I got to meet Maleficent. And it just like started this like magical imagination. I was fine on my own playing. I just would go off. I, we had like a little creek that we lived near and I would go and like I would find this big staff and I'd pretend that I was Maleficent over like this creek. Ooh. But part of that, and this is where it kind of gets weird. Part of that is like I spent a lot of time in nature just because I, I loved it. I mean, I just, I wasn't a video game kind of kid. I really like going outside and getting my hands in the mud and just playing around in this creek. Oh my gosh, the creek and I were just, I don't know. The creek could tell stories. <laughs> I don't know whether it was whether I believed it or whether it was imagination or it was just a hope for magic actually being a part of the world. I just I strongly started to believe that there were these mythical little fairies that were around me out there. I didn't have imaginary friends. I'm not saying that. I just found a connection that was deeper, I think, than other little six year olds playing in the mud. It just it sparked something in my heart. Even if it wasn't there, just to, to pretend I would climb the trees and I was very young at that age, but someone older than me had introduced me to Puck in A Midsummer Night's Dream and I was very young and I was like, I didn't know much about it, but like learning about this mischievous fairy named Puck and like all of a sudden he became like a fascination for me. I fell in love with fairies because of fairy tales. Where all this I think really t truly does begin, I was going to recommend to one 
where do the fairy tales come from? Like, how do all of it? There's so many interpretations of stories and so many different countries have different stories for stories. You know, I mean, they change out. Well, I finally just gotten this copy. This is Jim Battista's Basiles. He's an Italian. This is a poem originally that was written. And this is where the Grimm brothers got inspiration for these stories including sleeping beauty cinderella and things like that in english it's the tale of tales or entertainment for little ones but if you want something really cool to read that i really recommend that i absolutely love this is called magical fairy tales an enchanted collection of retold tales by lucy cavandish and this is an incredible book of some of my favorite fairy tales that are retold a little bit, but mm-hmm. added with fairy magic in every single one of them. Oh, okay. So they're like fairy fairy tales. Yes. So they take your like Sleeping Beauty and there's more to it. This Lucy Cavendish, who I believe isn't like, I mean, I believe she actually considers herself an actual witch. She mm. has taken fairy magic and studied a lot. And at the end of every single one of these stories, she tells the history of it and then the history of the fairy magic magic in it and gives you a little bit of help of like how to magic thing you can do that's kind of cool great yeah mel's very invested (laughs) i love this (laughs) so fairy tales came from that (laughs) okay so we have the origin of the tales of of magical things and fairies already How, how do we get to like actual fairies from this point so as i think i've shared with you brian froud came out with a book called Fairies first, and then he came out with a book called Good Fairies, Bad Fairies. Fairies is incredible. It is a really good one. I definitely suggest you get it and read it. I think the art in Good Fairies, Bad Fairies is better, but if you want an introduction into fairy lore, he's put all his intent into creating stories for all these. There's one whole side dedicated to good fairies and one whole side dedicated to bad fairies. And it's his own interpretation, and they're beautiful artwork, right? You guys have seen it. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's incredible. Scottish and Irish folklore, which is where fairies originate. So I wanted real fairy tales, real fairies, which is, as we know, the universe. Good and bad. There's in between. There's always just this mixture of that different types of fairies that like you're passing by on the street in the book and their history, like, which I think is fascinating as an author to actually use history like that, you know? Mm. Something that I love, the Seely and Unseely Courts. That Scottish folklore, which is um, believing that there is royalty family, pretty much, to fairies. There's the Seely, which is the good, bright, happier court. And there's the Unseely, which would be the bad, the more maleficent, or, you know, just kind of eerie. All fairies, like, are mischievous, and you can't trust them. You have to be very careful with fairies. So one thing that holds them back is they can't lie about anything. Um, Fairies cannot lie. Really? Nope. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay very close attention to everything they say yeah. because they will trick you in a heartbeat. You say, I promise I will do this. By the way, you just signed a contract and you will be doing that. Hope you like planned on it because you will be. But they have learned their ways around it. Yeah. If you learn more about fairies too, is like they're part of this world too. They are not just a mythical creature that is only found in nature, which I think is a huge connection to them if you ever do want to find fairies and connect to them they're in the in-between which is like where something in and something begins so fairies are often found at dawn or at twilight
twilight in physical places on the seashore where land ends and the ocean starts. They're like always at places where something begins and something ends. They're at the in-between of something, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I just have a fascination for him, and I probably went a little too far off into that. If you want to get really go really far back, this stuff is really not easy to find, but historically there are some really great essays by Catherine Briggs, also by Robert Kirk. I was wondering about the court system. Is that a standard thing for all fairies to be part of, like, a court? No. Oh, okay. That's why I said Scottish. So it's a Scottish belief in the seely and unseely court. But I love it. What a lot of people also don't know is, like, Shakespeare didn't just come up with, like, Queen Mab and, like, King Oberon and Puck. Like, those are actually mythological, historical fiction, like, figures from folklore. King Oberon is, like, the king of the Seelie Court. And then you've got Queen Mab, who is the queen of the Unseelie Court. There's so much history. And it's magical. Everybody's got magic. Anything's possible with fairies. And I just love it. I love the ethereal feeling of it i love the fact i just believe in magic absolutely and like that's something that i can mm-hmm. feel and see and always have felt as like a kid as i i said when i was a little boy i was playing in the mud but like you know i just i felt like there were other little creatures playing around with me and that <laughs> stayed with me my whole life so so maybe we can go into a little bit more detail about the fairies themselves we know now that they are good ones that they're bad ones but kind of they are all having of both sides in them so you cannot trust them as you also said but maybe we can go like really down to their roots a little bit so there are different classifications for example for fairies so that we get to know them a little bit more maybe you want to go into detail well yeah there's different ways of going into the classifications like Mm -hmm. so that's the thing like there's different belief systems some people like to go the elemental route yeah that's that's true i mean you can connect every single there are lots of different types of fairies that have to do with the water the water like fairies i believe are like they're called undines which would also include mermaids they would be included in there um those are talking about mythical creatures yeah when you're talking about elementals i think it goes off a little past fairies but like at the same time it depends on what you consider a fairy is that all mythical creatures because mermaids in themselves are just categorization of a fairy just in the water then you've got like the fire and those they've got a really funny name because it's (laughs) salamanders and then the air is the sylphs you've got gnomes which is going to be very easy like i mean just let's think okay gnomes snow white we had the seven dwarves Mm -hmm. so every like earthly so they all categorize themselves in all elemental connections so can everything and so can everybody so i think it's of course we can divide them up that way it just depends if you want to look at it in that format if that Mm -hmm. makes sense and that's the beautiful thing about fairies is how deep do you want to go and how do you want to categorize them there is no and here's the thing there is no right or wrong because i mean when you get down to it you start to almost blur the lines between mythical creatures which would even include dragons to fairies but yet when you and i think about a dragon and a fairy i see two totally different things yeah. But they're magical creatures. It just depends on where you want to go, how far and how deep you want to get into the fact that these are creatures that have magic, big or small, that have to do with the world and have a connection to nature more than us, which they all do. And when you think of dragons, the definition is the exact same thing as a fairy. It's just one's bigger than the other. Yeah. I mean, they just have different powers. 
I think those would be just the smaller ones that are connected to the Earth and that definitely have, I think, a deeper connection to humans than mm. other magical creatures, for sure. They're way smarter than us. <laughs> Do you think that this classification system is more... For us humans, because we love doing that kind of stuff, we like to categorize everything in our life and just to make it easier on our mind, so we like to put mm. them in these categories, but the fairies probably don't really see themselves in that. You're right. Like, I mean, they do not. They don't... That is all a human thing. And that's mm -hmm. why there are so many different classifications, because the fairies haven't sat down and say, hey, this is us. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, there <laughs> isn't any classification for them. They have their own. I think if anything like i love the unseely and seely courts like i think that's cool and, and that is one thing that is discussed among fairies if you believe in those and read the stories and things like that then yes mm -hmm. those are there because they believe in them because they have to live in a world with each other and understand the difference between where their court is allowed and where the other court isn't mm -hmm. i mean it also has a lot to do with the seasons the unseely court has a lot to do with winter and i've always connected a lot with the unseely court because you're a dark evil person I am, and hey, I was a Slytherin. I mean, it just all comes together. But, like, I love winter. I do. Like, I totally agree with it. Oh, my gosh, the moment, like, it started getting cooler here, I get so excited because I hate summer. Oh, uh, you're such the opposite of me. Which is funny, too, because you live down in the south and I live up in the north. Oh, my God, we should so switch. I hate it. I hate <laughs> sweating. Like, I love cold weather. I love all the fun, like... Welcome to Finland. Yeah, oh, my God. I would love it. The cute little outfits you can wear scarves on and like so much fun and accessorize and in summer i just want to wear nothing and i'm sorry but there's a limit to how much you can take off without getting arrested you are quoting our friend sophie that's exactly yeah. what she says to us every summer she hates it too <laughs> It's horrible. Oh, I see. I love the heat. I would rather sweat and be warm than be freezing. No, no. I'd much rather be. So I have a question for you, Eric, because we just talked about visiting Mel. And Mel and I have established, well, she's told me, that Santa lives in Finland. And as we know, Santa has elves. Do elves count as fairies? Where do they fall within the fairy realm of things? Is there like little magical creature thingies? I mean, I know we talked about dragons being somewhere on the fairy spectrum, but to me, elves are a lot closer to fairies than dragons. So are they part of this group? And is Santa also a fairy? These are things that we must know before we visit Mel. Well, elves are read in all of fairy lore. So you read about them all the time. So definitely... I'm not sure about... Santa. <laughs> Shall I ask him? <laughs> I mean, he can fly. He's He seems to be ageless as well. Can kind of get fat and thin at will at this point. He's just like, I'm chubby today and I'm thin tomorrow. So he's shape-shifting. He's magic. He's a shape-shifter. I've never thought. <laughs> so this is coming from a Jew, by the way. I'm talking about non non religious Santa, the one who's on the Coke bottles, who is just there to make money. I'm just saying, like this is coming from someone that really doesn't know too much about Santa. Is that I mean, I've always believed that he's gotten his magic from other places. I don't think it's definitively said anywhere where exactly his magical stuff oh, comes from, as far as I know. I would I have know. to read up on that again because there's there are stories about it. Definitely. Yeah, Mel would know that better than me. 
I feel like the elves are, like, I mean, they're doing the magic of creating all those, like, gifts. The flying part, that is not him. He just created that sleigh. Those are the, I was just about to say dolphins. Just poor dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know Santa and his little dolphins on Christmas? I mean, that'd be more convenient if he had dolphins that could... You could swim. Reminds yeah. me of King Triton. <laughs> yes. And see, that's the thing. Animals have a huge connection with fairies. I think Santa Claus isn't magical. I think he's using it from everybody else. He's reloading. Yep, it's the reindeer, it's the elves, it's all the magical fairy beings around him. Hmm. How could he do that? (laughs) He takes the big name for himself. How could you insult Santa? He's out out there saying that he's the best. His name is on everything. His name is on the signs. No, 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 no. It should be the elves. That is what American advertisement does. Yeah, they put them on a Coca-Cola truck. Our proper Santa has never signed up for that. (laughs) He didn't. And what happened to those cute polar bears? Why don't we just stick with the polar bears? I don't know. I like the polar bears a lot better. They're cute. I did too. As we just talked about, that there are different ways you can categorize them or not. They also appear in all sorts of shapes and forms. And how does that exactly work? Yeah, how does this shape-shifting work? Well, I mean, she's right. There are a lot of different forms. I am a strong believer in energy. That is like a Mm. fact that like we all like know exists in this world. A friend or a loved one passes, you know, Um, Mm. we knew them and they had all this energy about them. And I've always believed that when a dear person that we love passes away, that yes, that body has stopped, but that energy doesn't just go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't evaporate. Yeah, it's all about energy. And one of my dear friends, Nicole, love you, Nicole, out there. She is a dear friend that I lost when when she was 17. And she will always be missed and loved. She loved fairies. And I believe she is definitely out there as an elemental spirit out there just bringing in sunshine and just being a little light of hope. And I believe that's what happens. I think we have all have that magical part about us. I don't think this form, this body that we're just in right now is just for the time being. And I think it's kind of cool what can happen afterwards. And I believe that maybe it's magic. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just strictly science-based, your energy doesn't just stop when you die. It goes back into the world. You can't create or destroy energy. It's a big round circle of existence. It just makes you feel better too. And a lot of the time, even if it's just through memories, like these people who pass on, they exist in our world and influence us in a lot of ways. And their spirit kind of lives on in some way. And some people take the form of a fairy, I feel like. They turn into whatever they want. And I think everybody's had the experience of, There's different things that fairies do. Like, I mean, like you'll find things that are missing from your house or things that you swear were somewhere and then they weren't there. And then you find them later in a different spot, but you swore, you knew, like, I mean, you knew without a doubt that they were somewhere else. Those are the fairies that I have in my home. I believe fairies are everywhere. If you invite them in, if you invite fairies to be in a part of your life, they will gladly come in, but you got to treat them right and you got to be nice they gotta want to be there too i mean they've got a whole world they do love nature so um that is where if you wanted to make a deep connection with the fairies like i'm not kidding like it's just it is going out into any kind of like park whatsoever even if it's the smallest strip of like nature you can find them so it's just as long as you find the connection to nature 
Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that you have like little fairy doors and stuff in your house, Eric, and like a little fairy area. Yeah. And ways that fairies can kind of hang out and places for them. What's the best way to create one of these spaces and kind of invite fairies into your space in a welcoming way so they feel as though they want to be around? Because I think that, honestly, the doors, from just a Juliana standpoint, are freaking adorable. I love the idea of having teeny tiny little doors everywhere, like right <laughs> along my floor. Yes, um, fairy doors are really cute. There, you can find a lot of them, and you can buy them. Um, although the doors are funny because, like, I'm talking about the ones you can buy on Etsy. It's just like a door that you put on a tree, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not like, come on, like you're opening a door and there's a tree there. Um, anyways, <laughs> so there's things that like fairies like. There's things that fairies don't like. Mm-hmm. Fairies um, do really like, and I think this comes from like old history. It's just they like fresh bread. They like little. They like milk. They like honey. They like all natural things. They're very um, vegetarian, mm-hmm. vegan type creatures. So things like that. If you really wanted to invite like fairies into your home, getting like a small little container of fresh milk or a small little thing of like fresh bread, like literally like making like just like a small little thing of fresh bread or honey. Um, it has to be natural things, things like that that they would like. Those are some foods that are kind of considered treats. Flowers, there are ways, um, forget-me-nots are flowers that fairies love. I've been trying to plant forget-me-nots all throughout my house and things like that. Making a space for them. Like, I took this box and created a fairy-like home. Yeah, it's just like a little place where they can crash. You know, I made it all nature where like inside the house you wouldn't have nature, but I made this box where it looks like, I mean, it. if I was that small and I was a fairy, I would definitely hang out there. And they love glitter and shiny things because I love glitter. I've always associated <laughs> glitter with fairies. So I think that up here in Scandinavia, it's still very much tradition as well to have little houses like that in your garden or somewhere on the side of the road and you can bring small things there to make them happy and give them little treats and make a little wish maybe even and if you're lucky they might help you or something like that so it's it's very cute to see that and I would love to have that in my own garden if I ever have one someday. Absolutely um, since you and I both have a connection with water one thing that I've read is about like you pretty much make like this puddle like it's rainwater you collect it and you use it as a little portal between you and the fairies and like when you've got enough you can either put it in like if you have like a very big leaf or I would use like maybe bark from a tree that kind of makes a shape where it can hold the water some kind of bowl like something that's wooden I wouldn't use any metal or anything Mm -hmm. don't use iron fairies do not like iron Mm, (laughs) but like something natural and you can leave that outside and it can even fill up with more and more rainwater I think it goes along with some of the tales of a wishing pond or throwing, like, I mean, I'm not throwing anything in there. It has to do a little bit kind of with the magic mirror where you look into it. There are a couple of, like, little fairy prayers that you could say or ask for a, a way to um, have a certain fairy come to you if you wanted a specific one. Um, and there's so many different books and different ways to find which fairy you need for which purpose or whatever. You look into it and you just kind of say your prayer. And then, like, sometimes if you stare at it for, or you just kind of look at it, you'll be amazed like I'm not saying like this picture of this fairy is going to jump out at you but it's just it's having the openness and open-mindedness to fairies that they are there 
I believe fairies are consistently there. I believe they're in my house because I invited them in. I believe they stay there because I consistently will remember to give them treats and let them know that they're there and let them know that I'm honored that they're there. And thank you so much for staying. And if you at any time ever need to go, go. I'm here for you whenever you, if you need this place, this is yours. So I love that. And as long as I remember to leave them little treats and just say hi, I do feel like I feel them and see them sometimes. I really do. I think there are moments that we all have where like we think we see something, we turn back, it's not there. I swear, I I don't think you just saw something. There is a reason. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of like a little hello from the liminal world of fairies, um, if you believe in them. And You know, Juliana, that might yeah. be why we constantly have trouble with our recording uh, honestly, and connections. Honestly, we have a mischievous fairy. That's you know, there might be some everywhere. mischievous things going on because of them. And we can't explain why. <laughs> I've got a book somewhere I just read about how to keep, like, I thought it was really funny because it was like, it was a really good book, but she randomly had this story in there and how to like keep fairies from hacking your email. <laughs> and like, I thought it was so yeah. funny. Is this where spam comes from? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh my gosh. So maybe I should find that story and have to read it. And Yeah. That'd be so funny. That would lead us perfectly into another point that I wanted to ask you about. If we ever encounter a very troublesome fairy, how can we help the situation to mm. appease it or to maybe gently question. get it out of our house to stop the trouble? Okay, so hold on, let me get out my book. Oh boy. <laughs> One thing I saw was that you can hang up rowan twigs. Oh. That got me excited because my wand is supposed to be made from rowan. Yes, so that talks about protection in other words. Like one thing, like daisy chains, rowan or red berries, any kind of red berry that's dried, you can turn that into a chain. Those are protection from fairy magic in other words. Like it's fairy glamour being protected from any kind of harm. It's not going to keep a fairy away, but it's going to keep you protected from the magic they can do. So like the glamours and things like that. We should maybe shortly explain what glamour is for those that don't know what that is. Yeah, and for Juliana. A glamour is known in like different ways, but the way that I look at it is like they have control over you. It would be something that they have. Um, I believe it's a way that they have some kind of sense with their eyes. I've read stories where there's like little baby fairies that didn't understand what glamour was and accidentally were glamouring humans. And anyways, you, like a glamour would be like if a fairy like glamoured you, they could sit there and tell you to slap yourself in the face 50 times and you would sit there and slap yourself in the mm -hmm. face 50 times and wouldn't be able to stop. They can make you see things as well, right? So that goes along with the glamour that a fairy can do upon themselves. Oh. They can glamour themselves to be more human-like or look a different way. That's where the mysticism kind of goes off into, like, where I believe it also turned... That kind of vampires took away into glamouring. If you've ever read their stories, mm -hmm. they say they can glamour yeah. and do things. It's more about shape-shifting for them. Yeah. If you just think of the word glamour as fairy magic is what that is. Um, it's magic they can use upon themselves that when they're talking about glamouring themselves, that is usually talking about physically glamouring themselves. Humans see them in a different way, mm -hmm. however they want to be presented. The tricky thing about this, like, and why fairies are very, like, careful about giving out their names is, like, you don't ever know everybody's name and you they don't want you to because that's actually can be used as a weapon 
if I knew an entire full actual name, I would have complete control over him. And I could like tell him to do whatever I want as long as I said that name completely. Even in books, it's not all known everybody's full name. So sometimes names mm -hmm. are very long or whatever. The best known example probably is Skumpelstilzchen. Huh? Oh, Robolstilzchen. Yes. I was like, what is Mel saying? But she's saying like the real version, <laughs> not the weird American way to say yeah, it. Yeah, the English version would be Rumpelstiltskin, but in German it would be Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, exactly. So one more time, Mel, say it again. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. You, you make it sound so much more beautiful than we do. I know, she does. <laughs> so there's something to keep private. I've come up with my own, but I also have like, there are little extra names in there that nobody knows because that's for me. That could be something to your benefit if you ever were to get in trouble or mm -hmm. know of a fairy that was, you can ask them to leave. One thing that you can use for negative or unwanted energy, um, and this actually comes from like Sleeping Beauty actually, it's a smudge stick. You know what a smudge stick is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it's creating your own smudge stick, but this was used particularly for using for unwanted energy while you were sleeping because that was a time where a lot could happen, you had no control. But it was found over time that you can use it just in general for protection. You take one long-stemmed rose with the thorns, a long-stem leafy lavender flower, a sprig of rosemary, mugwort if possible, and twine. The long-stemmed rose still needs its thorns, so remove the ones at the very end. Bundle flowers together, tie together with twine to create a smudge stick. And then there's a little prayer that says, I clear yeah. this space. Anyways, so you can make little things. Yeah. You know what? To all those listeners out there, if you have a fairy that is bothersome or really just getting on your nerves, get in touch with these gals and they'll get you in touch with me and I'll get you some help. <laughs> Hit him up. Hit Eric up. Maybe we'll have a whole show. Ask Eric how to get rid of your fairies. Yeah. <laughs> it's a call-in show and you give life advice for... <laughs> life, oh my god. Life advice from a fairy king. Yes. Oh, I would love that. That would be great. So, Eric, we just talked about names and stuff, and you said that you, I know that you have a fairy name. So, would you like to tell us about kind of okay. the, the journey of creating your fairy name? And then I think we might have something else you want to talk about after that. Okay. Which is really crazy because I've loved fairies my whole life, but I've never been asked until you, Juliana, asked me about what my fairy name would be. I must know these things. I was like, oh my god, I don't know. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Okay, well, months and months go by because I ain't gonna just pick something. <laughs> I had to, like, <laughs> find something absolutely perfect because the spelling has so much to do with this. You can spell it out loud. So my whole name, I like to be considered a prince or a king, whatever. Well, we already established you as the king of the fairies, so that's canon, so move forward. <laughs> okay, so I am King Auroran Seely. So, now, the tricky part to this is some of the spelling. But also, I didn't give you all my name because, hey, I don't want mm, you to have all wait. control over me. So, there's yeah. little parts that I have come up with. But Auroran, oh my gosh, okay, so I love Sleeping Beauty. Her name is Aurora. Mm -hmm. I love that the word aura is in it twice. So, I believe in, like, the actual aura mm -hmm. of peoples. And I've never heard of that name. I've never heard of anybody else called Auroran. The male version of Aurora also means sunshine and, you know, an aura mm -hmm. energy. Seely is a name actually also known for literally the word fairies. 
Um, mm-hmm. Sealy is a term, as you heard me say, unsealy in the Sealy court. But I played around with the wording because my lucky number is 13. I've always loved it. It's just been a number I've seen in my life. Special things have happened on that date. So I am born on a 13th. Oh, wow. Dolphins and 13s. You guys are there literally twins. I, I, well, you <laughs> must tell Eric, how old are you? Because I gotta know. Because Mel is... Okay, girl, well, you're the only person on this entire show. I'm. Well, we're the same age. I'm t- See, you're twins! I knew it! I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Nobody else will ever hear this. No, no Mel will cut I that will out. edit it out. She'll cut that out. That's. What, I was just wondering, because I was like, these two have to be, like, almost the same age. Well, you know what would be really funny is if you kept it in and bleeped it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, secret. We can do that. <laughs> do that, please. That yeah. would make me happy. Okay, so the way that I spelled Seely, though, and I got a little help from my lovely friend Juliana just to make sure that it worked out. I want to see what she suggested. I spell it with X-I-I-I, which is the Roman numerals for 13, X-I-I-I-L-Y. So yes, we are definitely playing on the word and pretending that an X is an S, but it's not. It looks pretty. Yeah, it does. That's all that matters. But here is my exciting part. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, So this is a present for both of you. I'm very excited. I have made you both my daughters. (gasps) Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and I have given you guys and come up with your own... fairy names yeah really i asked eric to do this for us because i know he's fabulous at it but you didn't know that you're going to be a part of the seely family no i didn't i'm very excited now you both are my daughters so juliana yes hi you are because i have to call you princess first oh i I mean i've been a princess (laughs) the whole time like let's be real here you are Princess Dawn Hawthorne Seeley. Ooh. Nice. So Dawn, pretty. because I knew you liked to run it in the morning, and mm-hmm. I know you, I thought Dawn was pretty. Hawthorne is a very famous, I'll let you do your research on the Hawthorne tree and fairies. Oh, okay. Your last name is Seeley. Yes. And Mel, I didn't know a lot about you, but I still got a lot of that. So I'm giving you, your name is Princess Elowen Fern Seeley. Ooh, Elowen. Oh, I love it. Elowen is like a very famous princess name that has a lot of, got a lot of history to it. But from what I heard of Juliana telling me a little bit about you, Mel, I got that. And Fern, I, has to do with greenery. And I think it's a pretty name. So. Yeah, Mel likes greenery. Yeah. Aww. So Elowen, Fern, Seely, and Juliana, Don Hawthorne, Seely. My daughters, I've never, Ooh. ever thought I would have children. And here I am. I have a son and two daughters. Oh, Who knew? This is so sweet of you. I'm tearing up. Aw. Well, I was so excited. I was happy when all of a sudden I came up with the idea that I was going to give yeah. you guys my last name. I was like, yes, I we should just that. create a house. Yes. <laughs> Work, uh, house Sealy. Yes. yes. Bring it to the runway. Runway. <laughs> We can do that for you. Yeah, it's okay. We're house Sealy. That's all that matters. Fabulous. Do we have some kind of house crest? We should come up with one. 
We'll have to design one. I also left room. I want you guys to, if you wanted to add your own, like, other little middle name. Because that's the whole thing about fairies. Fairies are, like, personal. So mm-hmm. I gave you those names. But please add something to it. Add yeah. something that's personal to you that makes your name who you are as well. It might just be a little middle name that I've added for myself, but it's mm-hmm. something that makes mine personal that I won't ever let anybody know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely have to think about that. I'm definitely going to go research the Hawthorne tree after this, too, because I'm interested <laughs> to see what all the lore is behind it. Yeah, And yeah, it's yeah. spelled so nicely. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. Aww. <laughs> as soon as Eric was doing Thank names, you. I was like, oh, can we have names? And he was like, oh, yeah, you can have names. This is so great. Mel's going to love this. <laughs> I am. I'm so in love with this i'm so excited oh i'm happy i'm so happy i was so worried about it i love coming up with names but coming up with names for people and yeah i'm glad you guys like it and we, hey now we have a family yeah because <laughs> oh, I, I love to god trying to do that on my show and that is just my god kicking a dead horse sometimes <laughs> trying to like do what i try to do on my show lord yeah. it is like pulling teeth but hey i'll sometimes. keep pulling them yeah, sometimes audience involvement is hard to get. I know Mel and I have been like, and send us in stuff. I ask for things all the time from listeners, and most of the time, I don't get them. So. I am content finally realizing that, like, the majority of stuff you will ask from our audiences You're not gonna get. are just like us. Here's my thing. I listen to podcasts. Have I done a single thing that any of them have ever asked me to do? No. no. So I love you all listeners. I know you guys are great and <laughs> listening, but I know that also when I ask you to send in questions, that's the last thing on your mind. You've got kids, you've got family, you've got fairies all up in your house and bugging the hell out of you. You're trying to figure out how to bake whatever and bake bread because I told you to put bread out and milk and whew, you just, you don't have time. Well, to... list of things. Obviously, you're very busy people. <laughs> Yeah, you're not writing it. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that too. Even intentionally thinking I'm going to get back to a podcast and then I'm listening to the podcast in my car and by the time I get home, completely forgotten. So... Oh my god, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, that's that's ADHD for you too on my end. It's just like, ooh, one thought, goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, goodbye. Mel feels the brunt of that sometimes where I'm just like all over the place, just like bing, 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 bing. Oh boy. Okay, well I think that pretty much wraps up like most of the information. That was great. Any like closing notes you would like to give us on fairies or any fairies that are currently sitting on your shoulder that you'd like to just give a shout out to? Oh my god. I mean, I just just embrace them and they aren't as hard to find. They're really like as easy to find as like I mean just in fairy tales. But just be wary. Fairies are cute and fun and pretty, but they are also very tricky. Not saying they're not your friends, but they're tricksters too. So just learn more about them before doing anything with them. If you ever see like a fairy ring, which is a circle of mushrooms, I would not go stand in that right away unless you are prepared to possibly be transported somewhere else. Be careful. Yeah, but if you want to get in tune with them, just all it is is taking a trip into nature and just, yeah. Yep. You get your starter pack, you get your positive attitude. And I'll write up a starter them. pack that you can put up for everybody or something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great if you have a <laughs> starter pack. Eric's fairy starter pack. <laughs> yep, Eric's fairy starter pack. Things that you should have. Fresh oh. bread, fresh milk. 
And I should probably also, I have to type up your rules of, if you ever do accidentally, accidentally end up in fairyland, rules and things to know of what and what not to do. We didn't go over Ooh, that. Yeah, we don't have we'll time for that, that, though. We can have you on another time, Eric. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm so glad to now have fairy daughters. Well, we're happy to be part of this lovely fairy family. What a treat. I woke up this morning being a human, and now I'm a fairy. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Who knew? So that will wrap up our main discussion, Eric. So we just have a game that we'd like to play with you, if that's okay. Sure. So our game is called, Are You Puffing Kidding Me? And this is the game where each person has one fact, quote unquote, that they tell about themselves to the group. And then the group must vote if that person is telling the truth or puffing with them, aka lying. And each guessing person can each ask one question of the person giving the statements. So Eric, if you have a statement you'd like to give us, you can go first. If not, Mel or I can go and you can think of something that you'd like to say. Okay, I've got one. I met Britney Spears while going to buy a Marilyn Manson CD. Where were you geographically when this happened? Tennessee. Hmm. This seems kind of like wild enough to be true. I have to put two questions together because (laughs) when did that happen and what did she do there? What was the reason that she was there? I was in high school and I think she was there for a concert. (laughs) <laughs> you're not sounding very convincing eric i want to say you're lying because you'd have like literally no details she is known to have in quotation marks being locked away and not being able to really go wherever she wants to so for her to be randomly appearing in a mall for you to run into her that probably would have been before her guardianship though if eric was in high school yeah i don't remember when that started um it was like around when she shaved her head which i want to say was <laughs> after eric would have been in high school so i think the timeline technically does work out Eric is not very convincing. He's not convincing me. He's not trying to look into the camera. He's trying not to look. He's smiling to himself a lot. I kind of feel like he's lying. I want to say that you're lying, Eric. I want to say that you're puffing with us. Gotcha! Uh Uh-uh, that's a true story. I did it all on purpose. Yes, I met Britney Spears when I was a freshman in high school going to Jackson, Mississippi with my mother and had to stop to get the new Marilyn Manson CD that came out that day. We stopped at a Memphis mall. I just was trying to make it seem like I was lying like a fairy. (laughs) And followed her to get Justin Timberlake's autograph because he was waiting in a car in in a red Jeep. This was right when Baby One More Time came out. She was opening for him. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that would, so that's true. <laughs> she was like just coming out on the scene when Hit Me Baby One More Time came out. But hey, yeah. I did good. I tried to trick you guys. I tried to pretend like I was like all nervous and everything. Yeah, that was pretty good. Ah, you you have mm. learned something from the fairies. I can tell. Yeah, devious. Okay, so my first dog that I had, her name was Snow White. What color was she? White. We're very creative in my family. (laughs) Surprise! Surprise! It's a white dog. I think you're telling the truth. You think I'm telling the truth? Okay. I have never heard that before. So she knows it's a lie. So was this your family's dog? Yeah, it was my family's dog. Snow White. Mm -hmm. And you named her? We named her as a group. Okay. Me and my three other siblings and my mom just kind of put the stamp of approval on it. Why would you have never mentioned that with all the Disney stuff and Ariel and... 
I don't know. That's up to you to decide why I haven't mentioned that. <laughs> Maybe you kept it all along. I could I could have, or I could be making it up. It's I mean, this is what this <laughs> game is. It's you deciding whether I'm lying or not. I don't know. Um I have been really bad at this game lately, so uh <laughs> I don't even know. I feel like it's not true. What do you say, Eric? I'm gonna go on the other side. I'm gonna say yeah. it's just randomly true. Okay. So we have a 50-50 shot. So it is true, actually. I The first dog we ever had, her name was Snow White. We called her Snowy. She was a white German Shepherd. My dad had a friend who pulled her off the street, and this dog was a wild dog. She was, we used to play, who can run away from Snowy the fastest without getting nipped at? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun game. Yeah, scary. Okay, so Eric got a point. There were this path that I have to go, and each time I walked that path, there was this gigantic turtle, like, hanging around the path. Mm -hmm. And every time it was seeing me, it followed me the whole path until the house. Then it would turn around and go back. Every time, almost every time, depending on the weather. I'm going to say that's true, because that's a lot of detail. <laughs> I will say that Mel has told detailed stories like this before, and they've ended up being not true. Not true? Okay. So I wouldn't I wouldn't base your decision solely off on of that. detail. Just, yeah, just knowing Mel, I would not base it off of that. Is she one of those people where, like, part of the story is true, except for, like, yeah, that part both, where, like... We're both guilty of that. Analyzing we know. Yeah. Okay, okay well, I'm going to say no, then. I'm going to say I this think... is not true. Hmm. How did the turtle keep up with you, Mel? Are you really that slow at walking? It was, um, it, it's not like a pond turtle, not like what I have. My Shoshi is, is like a pond turtle. He yeah. needs the water. So it was a, uh, a tortoise. Sorry, I should have said tortoise. So a land living turtle. Uh -huh. So this tortoise belonged to a neighbor and was running free in the garden. But mm. it was able to like go under the fence so it could go out. And it was just so curious. And I love turtles. So I have actually had a little bit of treats for it as well. So it associated me with treats. And when it came along, yes, it's quite slow because they're really heavy. So I, of course, the animal lover that I am, I have been walking very slowly next to it because I just loved having its company. <laughs> okay, I think it's true. I want to say it's true, and I want to know the turtle's name. Um, I don't remember if I ever gotten to know. Did you name it? No. That's mean. You should have named it. Everything needs a name. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Bob is a good name. Okay. You have to remember that this was the countryside and every house was standing away from each other very far. And mm -hmm. I didn't live there, so I didn't necessarily know all the neighbors that lived there. So uh, I do not remember that I have ever learned its name. Okay. I want to say that I'm going to go with Eric on this one. I'm going to say that it's true because I could definitely see you sauntering down the path a lot slower just so you could have an animal following you and also having little treats for it. I can definitely see that. So is it true or false, Mel? So you're both locked in true. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not true. Oh, darn. <laughs> uh, one of the neighbors had a tortoise, but it escaped and it was run over by a tractor. Oh, that's sad. And I was always hoping that he would follow I could you. find it. So there is a little bit of truth to it because we knew it was escaped and I was, was hoping to find it. But um, oh. yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor Mr. Turtle. All right. 
Eric made a point for the guests, and that means the guests currently have 26 points, Juliana remains on 15 points, and me on 10 points. But with that, we are giving over to Buttercup and her question of the week. Hello, my sparkly friends out there. This time, I'm sending you over to our social media platforms to find out what your fairy name would be. And don't forget to share your results with us. Stay sweet and sparkle on! Thank you, Buttercup, for that question. And Eric, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This has been fabulous. Oh my god, thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. I'm so glad I did this, and I'm so happy to have been able to talk to you. I'm so happy to meet you, Mel. It was fantastic. Same. You made me smile through the whole recording. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm happy that we all got to have this lovely chat about my favorite topic. And hey, now we are all family. Yes. Thank you for adopting us. Yes, thank you. Oh my you. gosh, of course. <laughs> it was a pleasure. So Eric, if listeners would like to find you, where can they find you? So this is kind of cheesy, but the easiest way to find me right now is on anything related to my podcast. So it's GrishaCast, mm-hmm. GrishaCast.com, GrishaCast on Instagram, Twitter, all that. We have a TikTok. We do have a new website coming up, which is going to have some fun quizzes and new things and merch yes. and things like that. That's the easiest way to do it. Just find GrishaCast anything. And um, yeah, that's us. Yeah. I will say that I listen to your podcast and it's lovely. And for any of our listeners who might be crossover listeners who listen to this podcast and also my other podcast, Into the Fold, you will definitely love Grisha Cast. Go ahead. You're more than welcome. We're all here just to support and love one another. And we're so happy that you are part of the Grishaverse fandom. Yeah, it's so fun. Okay. So listeners, if you would like to get in contact with us here at PuffCast, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PuffCast and also on TikTok at PuffCast. You can send us an email at PuffCastPod at gmail.com. Let us know what your fairy name is. Send us over that email. And if you'd like to, you can support us over on Patreon for as little as $2 a month, where we get exclusive benefits like bloopers, like the ones that just came out today, which were very lovely, Mel. I enjoyed them. You're welcome. You can also help us support the charity that we support each month, which we donate $1 to charity every month for each patron that we have. And if you'd like to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, we would love to read that review here. And if you so choose, I will send you a sticker if you want us to find a way to get in contact with you. But until next time, stay puffy. And badger on. And be magical. Respect the fairies. Yes. And just watch your back because they're going to double cross you probably. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 